It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into today's Locked On Reds podcast, I wanted to remind you to check out the Locked On MLB podcast hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Sully takes a look at the major leagues, both present and past, and brings you a unique point of view. That's the Locked On MLB podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is a sweep, and how sweep it is. That's so beautiful. Look, I know, it's the Rockies. There's so many people out there that, well, it's just the Rockies. You got to celebrate wins, man, especially from this team. I'm going to tell you why this weekend was so huge and it has to do with the whole getting over 500 thing we're going to talk about all of that and more we're going to celebrate some performances and we're going to look ahead to another series with the milwaukee brewers it's as if the major league schedulers just didn't have any sort of imagination for the month of june and said hey the reds will play the brewers a bunch So that's what we're about to do starting on Monday. We'll get into all that here in just a minute. Before we do, I want to make sure that you are following the podcast on the current app that you're listening to right now. That way you get the episodes in your box each and every day. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, bringing you Reds Talk each and every day. I'm an addict. I love the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned that addiction into information for you. You can also find me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and find the show's Twitter at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 for questions, comments, reactions, whatever you've got. Maybe you want to react to this weekend because I saw a lot. I saw a lot of jubilation and rightly so. The Reds are above 500. That is right. The Cincinnati Reds, the team that many a casual fan, many a come and go as you please type fan looked at this team a week or two ago and said, nah, I'm good. I'm just looking. I'm, I'm just, I'm just stopping by. I, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it. I want to put too much stock into it. I, I'm good. Now they're above 500, and they're in third place. They're five games behind the Brewers and Cubs, who are both tied for first place. And guess who they're ahead of? The St. Louis Cardinals. That's right. The Cardinals are below the Reds now. The Cardinals were in first place at one point, feeling good about themselves. Now they're under 500. Talk about the roller coaster season that the Reds are having. What about the roller coaster of a season that the NL Central is having? It's going to be that way all year long folks buckle in if you're into some fun if you're into some entertainment maybe you got to deal with a little bit of frustration but you're overall in love with the city of Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Reds and you're wondering if it's time and you're wondering if you want to get into this team well welcome in because the Reds are above 500 and this is going to be this way all year long they're going to battle for the division I, I I don't believe they're going to be in a position to sell. That's why whenever we started to speculate about whether the Reds should do this or that and get the most value out of this guy or that guy, I was like, ah, man, it just feels early. And it was. 
and it's going to continue to be. Now, don't get me wrong, this is a tough week ahead, and we are going to talk a lot about what the Reds have to face in the Brewers and the Padres this week as they are on the road, but they took care of business. How many times do we say, this is exactly what the Reds need to do, and they go out and do it? That's what we said about this past weekend. Playing the Colorado Rockies, what did they have to do? They had to sweep them. They definitely had to win the series, but let's be honest, a 3-3 and homestand isn't that fun, and if they lost yesterday, they'd have been back under 500. Sweeping them meant getting to where they are now, above that 500 mark, and everybody's feeling good about themselves. And it wasn't just the overall fact of sweeping and winning and getting above 500. It was the way that they did that. They had a rookie starter in Tony Santian who had a nice performance. I'm not going to sit here and say it was amazing. It wasn't great, but he showed guts. He showed balls. He showed mobbles, you know, if you've seen Major League Two. Uh, he was awesome in pressure situations. So I love that. That is a great baseline for any rookie pitcher because remember what we saw in 2015, in 2016, in 2017, in 2018. Insert rookie pitcher here. If he got a big moment, he wilted. If he was in a pressure situation with the bases loaded or a couple of guys on base, he either walked guys or he gave up hard contact. Tony Santian did neither. He gave up one extra base hit yesterday. And sure, he had a couple of late walks, and that's why he got pulled in the fifth, and that's why Ryan Hendricks was called in for that dramatic strikeout to end the fifth inning and probably the biggest threat that the Rockies had all day. But overall, a pretty nice debut for him. Speaking of Ryan Hendricks and speaking of the bullpen, that was my biggest storyline for this game. Four and a third innings, and they gave up one run? I'm telling you what, uh, the, the, in the weeks past, if you'd have told me the Reds bullpen has to pitch four and a third innings, I'm chalking up for at least two, maybe three runs. I don't care who they're facing. Rockies lineup, uh, Cardinals lineup, uh, Yankees, you know, murderers row, whatever. They're giving up at least two or three runs, if not more. And guess what? They held them to one. And Lucas Sims with an absolutely inspiring performance to finish the game. And I six out. It wasn't a save because the Reds were ahead by four, but whatever. Saves are bunk stats anyway. Great performance by him. That, uh, the bullpen was amazing. And Eugenio Suarez. Got to mention him too here in uh, the top of the show because dude cuts his finger cooking. It sounds like one of those weird baseball injuries we could fill a podcast just talking about weird baseball injury the first one I always think I always think of Sammy Sosa throwing his back out sneezing in the shower Eugenio Suarez cut his uh his uh index finger I believe it was on his left hand uh cooking and he still played in fact he was pulled early in their route on Friday because of the cut David Bell had said that he wanted to give it some more time to heal and things like that. But the interesting thing was he had a really good weekend. And don't look now, but his batting average for the month of June, it isn't great, but it isn't terrible either. It isn't where it has been. He's, he's hitting around 230, 240, and things are starting to look up 
for Gino. And, and, and Cowboy made the statement on the radio broadcast about the cut. He's just like, man, if this is what it takes to get his swing back to looking smooth as it did this weekend, because he, he had a nice, easy, smooth swing, still had plenty of power with that smooth swing, we all know. Gino's just absolutely nice level swing that he's had over the last couple of years. It's back. And Cowboy's like, man, maybe he ought to cut his finger more off. I don't know. But great performance by him, that two-run home run. And then not to be outdone, Jesse Winker, once again in a clutch situation in the year 2021, delivers and gives the extra insurance runs. Because we were talking, I, I tweeted this, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. We're talking about four and a third innings with this bullpen. Don't also force them to get six outs with only a one-run lead. That, we're all going to die. Reds fans, that is. And thankfully, they got that insurance run. That, that was just a, a great game, and the, the importance of it cannot be overstated to get above 500 to head on the road against these tough opponents and really these next couple of weeks all right the twins notwithstanding they got two games against the twins wish they would have had more because the twins aren't that good of a team but over these next two weeks they've got some really tough tests so being above 500 to begin those tests is absolutely phenomenal and i love it and we got some more good things coming Here in just a minute. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know that I am absolutely with you. I get it. I understand it. Saving money and investing money can be kind of complicated and one of those deserts of life that is really hard to figure out. That's why there's companies like Wealthfront. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you, and they can do it. In minutes, there's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. And Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And now you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way. And let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings today. I'm still busting about this game the morning after. Just absolutely love the fact that the Reds were able to eclipse that 500 mark, and they did it with another Major League debut in the starting rotation. That was another thing. Like I kept thinking, when was the last time we've seen so many starting pitchers? Two. Yeah, I know. That's so many. But the last time we saw multiple starting pitchers make their Major League debuts on the mound as starters for the Reds, and that was a couple of years ago when things didn't matter. Another parallel concerning for this 2021 team that has prospects of bigger things to come, but I think that it's a good thing because Tony Santian and Vladimir Gutierrez have shown two huge departures from those guys, the, you know, the, the guys who would come up and make their major league debuts and they had no business in the starting rotation. Like, don't get me wrong. 
I love Sal Romano. I have an autographed ball from Reds Fest that I found in a box the other day. I couldn't believe that I forgot that I got Big Sal's autograph. And I loved Big Sal, but I thought he was always going to be more of a bullpen guy. He had a couple of good starts, but for the most part, always struggled with the bases on balls. And Tony Santion wasn't perfect when it came to walks in his Major League debut, but he didn't walk people when it mattered most. He didn't buckle down. I mean, he didn't buckle under pressure and walk the guys that he needed to get out. And neither has Vladimir Gutierrez. I know that there are peripherals. His walk rate isn't great. It's well above league average. His strikeout rate needs to be better. Although his last start was pretty good. We're going to talk about that a little bit here because his last start came against the team that he's starting against today. And that's kind of precarious for starting pitchers as a whole in Major League Baseball. But what we have seen from him so far, regardless of the peripherals, is he is able to pitch in tough situations. Both these guys are calm, cool, and collected whenever the pressure is turned up to 11. That wasn't the case a couple of years ago. And I love seeing that. And, and, and actually, and this popped into my mind, and this is kind of big news too, so we should probably talk about that. Hunter Green got bumped up to AAA. I tweeted that it was something, it was like around 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. He tweeted a thank you to the lookouts and to the city of Chattanooga and to the hotel that he stayed in down there for everything that they'd done for him while he was with the lookouts. And that was obviously a, hey, by the way, I'm getting promoted. Given the fact that he probably wasn't getting promoted to MLB, ipso facto, he goes to AAA. So he's going to be starting, he's going to make his first AAA start in Omaha. And he has been getting like national prospect prognosticator praise. People have been looking at him and saying this is a phenomenal pitcher and a guy who could be a huge part of the Reds franchise moving forward. For that reason alone, I still want them to treat him with kid gloves. I still want them to give him as much time as he needs in AAA. And I know that's not the popular take. Most people want to see him come up and pitch out of the bullpen because, well, the bullpen can't be any worse with Hunter Green than it is without him because they are the worst in the major leagues. That being said, though, this is more about him and his personal career than it is about the Reds. I want them to give him the kind of developmental situation that he can take his time, get comfortable. Kid's only 21 years old. He's going to be 22 in August. I know he, he sounds way more mature. He's far more mature, at least in any post game or any press conference that I've ever seen him in. He sounds way more mature than I have ever been and maybe ever will be. But I still want him to develop at the pace that is comfortable for him. That way, when he comes up to the major leagues, he is the guy. Hunter Green is not expected to be a good pitcher. Hunter Green is not expected to be a middle-of-the-rotation kind of guy who you can rely on for multiple innings and eat stuff. Hunter Green is expected to be a Cy Young Award candidate year in and year out. We're not talking about Mike Leake. We're not talking about, shout out to friend of the podcast, Bronson Arroyo. We're talking about guys like Trevor Bauer, 
We're talking about guys like you, Darvish. We're talking about guys like Blake Snell, which I know he's not pitching that well right now for San Diego, but you get the point. He is supposed to be the ace of the future Reds staff. I don't want to compromise that in any way. So I want them to move him along at a comfortable pace and bring him up maybe next year. If they feel as though that he will be comfortable out of the pen at the end of this year, I I, I know that there are some takes out there, and I've kind of echoed these takes as well, of if you bring him up in the bullpen, does he get stuck a la Aroldis Chapman? Because that would be terrible. That would be a loss for the Reds franchise if that were to happen. I don't think so. Because if it's incumbent upon him, when you look back on it, the Reds put Chapman in the bullpen, and Chapman immediately became infatuated with the idea of coming in, getting three outs, throwing a million miles an hour, and then calling it a day. I think Hunter Green is a far more mature individual than Aroldis Chapman was, so I do not see that being a problem if they were to do that, but... I want the Reds to be super cognizant of every move that they make with Hunter Green because I want Hunter Green to be the Reds' Trevor Bauer for multiple years. I want them to bring him up, and right away he takes the world by storm and he just grabs the reins of the Reds' pitching staff and he holds on to them for as long as they have team control. That is why... I don't think they need to be rushing him to the major leagues. I saw some fan and I heard some fans takes on extra innings calling in with Dan Horde saying like, you know, maybe he has a couple of good starts and then they bump him up to the major leagues. That's not the case here. This isn't something that I, I want the Reds to put a timer on. I want Hunter Green to be 100% comfortable with who he is as a pitcher before he's brought in. Don't get me wrong. He's got more strikeouts than any pitcher in the minor leagues. But I think that he still needs a little bit more time to develop that consistency. And then he is going to be exactly what we expect him to be. And that is a generational pitching talent. And I got off on a rant there. So we're going to talk about the Reds and the Brewers coming up here in just a minute. But I mean, that's that's where I land with Hunter Green. I, I'm not accepting he's going to be a good starter. I'm accepting this dude is going to set the world on fire because he has shown that he has that talent. His fastball like averages 100 miles an hour. We were so infatuated with our oldest Chapman touching 103, 104, stuff like that. Hunter Green averages 100 miles an hour. And I would love to see that in a starting pitcher form. All right. Enough enough of the rant with Hunter Green. But I, I, I love what they're doing with him. I hope they continue to treat him with kid gloves. All right. Before we get into the Reds and Brewers talk, I want to get into a Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the most amazing protein bar on the market, bar none. It's made with 100% real chocolate. And its statistics are that of an MVP or a Cy Young candidate because it's low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein. When you drop this into your snack game, your snack game is automatically going to just balloon in potential because Bilt Bar has amazing flavors that are made with 100% real chocolate like peanut butter brownie, mint chocolate brownie, 
They've got coconut, which I love. They've got cherry barcia, which I love even more. And they've also got amazing flavors that are limited time. They kind of roll through. You got to check them out today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use this promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. And I believe there is a limited time offer. I think it's only running through today. With every order, you can get a free travel cooler. Check it out today. BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And I was taking a look at some lines for today. I do like one. I got a tip for you to take to BetOnline.ag and make a couple of bucks. Add it on to the promo code Locked On where you'll get 50% more on your initial deposit so you make money there and you're going to make money with this tip. I've been pretty good with these tips so far, so hopefully this one hits as well. I'm looking at the team that the Reds just blasted. I'm looking at the Colorado Rockies because they're going back home. Remember we talked about the Road Rockies and how terrible they are? They're like completely opposite at home. They got an above 500 record. They're 20 and 14 at home. They just have some kind of magic whenever they play at Coors. And they're playing at Coors against the San Diego Padres. Yes, I know the Padres are a very good team, but the Rockies also have Austin Gomber on the mound. Austin Gomber's actually been pretty solid for the Rockies this year. The Rockies' money line is plus 129. Take it today. Make a couple of bucks at betonline.ag, my favorite sports book and the only one that I trust. Go there today. Set up your profile. Type in the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit, and then take that money and put it on the Colorado Rockies' money line plus 129 and make even more money. There we go. We're talking a lot about money on today's podcast, but that's betonline.ag with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, speaking of money, big money, big money, big money, the Reds are going to Milwaukee tonight, starting at 8-10, taking on the Brewers. They've got Eric Lauer on the mound, and the Reds are countering with Vlad Gutierrez. Guti has been Gucci so far, but there are concerning peripherals. In fact, when you look at his ex-FIP, shout out, to the morning spin and Reds content plus for kind of breaking down what we can expect from Vlad. His ex-fip, which is the fielding independent pitching that only looks at what he can control, his strikeouts, his walks, his fly ball to ground ball ratio, things like that. Exit velocity, all that good stuff. It's the same as Jeff Hoffman's. Jeff Hoffman and Vlad Gutierrez have ex-fips of 5.17. So when you see Vlad's ERA, an XFIP is kind of an ERA predictor. It, it is shown in the past to be more reliable than just looking at someone's ERA and knowing what a pitcher is. So there might be a little bit of regression coming. Against this Brewers lineup, hopefully not. Because there's also some interesting parallels between the 2021 Brewers and the 2020 Reds in that during the shortened season of 2020, the Reds hit 212 as a team. The Brewers right now, as a team, are hitting 213. And they're not hitting nearly as many home runs as the Reds did last year. So, and they've got actually a worse, uh, they're worse statistically as a lineup at home than they are on the road. So maybe Vlad can continue to outperform his peripherals tonight. Because it'd be nice to see the Reds flip the script and beat the Brewers 
in a series for a change. The Bruiser won the last couple. And they're going up against Eric Lauer, a guy that they scored a couple of runs off of the other day. The only game that the Reds won against the Brewers, and that was the one where they just went off on Brett Anderson. And they took out Brett Anderson, they put in Eric Lauer, and Eric Lauer gave them very valuable innings in the middle of that game to save the better arms in their bullpen. But when you also look at that performance, he still gave up plenty of runs. Four walks. He did have six strikeouts, though. So what to expect from him? He's a lefty. And we might see the return of Aristides Aquino into the lineup. They activate him yesterday. The Reds didn't play him at all. He he didn't pinch hit or anything. Which, shout out to Shogo. How about that? He pinch hit and nearly hit a home run. Double off the wall. But with the left-handed pitcher on the mound, Aquino's probably going to work his way into the lineup, whether it be as a starter or as an alternate some point in this game, it's probably going to be in center field too, because you're not taking out Castellanos or Winker. Even against lefties, Jesse Winker has proven that the platoon split of old, where he couldn't hit lefties, but he killed righties, has gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better at lefties. He's still not great, but he's a lot better than he used to be. And he can't take him out of the lineup. So we'll probably see Aquino in center field today, Looking forward to that. But with Eric Lauer on the mound, Lauer has always been kind of a average lefty, crafty lefty. He's got a faster fastball than Wade Miley does, but essentially the same pitch profile. Fastball, cut fastball, change up. He really didn't throw a curve very much, but he has a curve and he has a slider. So that being said, he's looking for more ground balls. He's not had a lot. He's been kind of unlucky, too. And Morning Spin kind of pointed out he's got a higher than normal BABIP and his home run per fly ball ratio. That means, like, for every fly ball that he gives up, how many home runs are those fly balls turning into? It's a higher percentage than normal. And that is a stat. It's an interesting stat because it's not really something that a pitcher can control unless you're talking about like inducing pop-ups as opposed to inducing hard contact fly balls that fall into a glove at the warning track. But still, it's more of an indicator of when water's going to find its level. And right now, water's looking for its level with Eric Lauer in that he has been very unlucky. So how do the Reds attack Eric Lauer, they be patient, just kind of like what they did against him the other day. This is really weird in that they've seen plenty of the Brewers and the Brewers have seen plenty of them here recently that the scouting reports are going to be interesting because they know them and they kind of remember seeing them because it was literally three days ago. Four days ago, can't count. So we'll see how this series goes because it'd be nice if the Reds built on some momentum against the Brewers instead of allowing the Brewers to kind of crush it all. Because if we go back to the end of the series in Chicago where the Reds salvaged that series and got the win, the last 13 games, the Reds are 10-3, and two of those losses coming against Milwaukee. We'll see how the series begins tonight, 8-10 p.m., Lauer versus Goody. I'll be all over it on Twitter. You can find me at Jeff Carr with three F's and find the show at Locked On Reds. Make sure that you're following the podcast as well because we'll have a recap tomorrow and looking at the pitching matchups for Tuesday's game as well. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you 
so much for downloading and listening to today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Now, go check out the Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski has all of the big news in the sporting world in 20 minutes or less. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. But that'll do it for us today. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 